Good evening, and welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Joyner. And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law and the Virtual Justice Project. We thank you for joining us this evening. North Carolina Central University School of Law graduated its first class in 1943. The mission of NCCU Law is to provide a high quality, personalized, practice-oriented, and affordable legal education to historically underrepresented students from diverse backgrounds to increase the diversity in the legal profession. On Saturday, May 8th, 80 North Carolina Central University School of Law students fulfilled a dream and became law school graduates of our fine institution. The law school journey is a challenging one and takes determination, perseverance, and support. We are so very proud of each of these graduates and commend them for reaching their goal. Tonight, we will discuss this legal education journey with two of our most recent graduates and soon-to-be lawyers. Our guests for this discussion are Sierra McCahern and Gary Bush II. Congratulations to each of you. Thank you for taking your time and joining us this evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So let's start with having each of you provide some background information, what you did before law school, uh, what your interests were before you decide, decided to start this legal education journey. And Sierra, let's start with you. Okay, perfect. Um, I never thought I was going to law school. Um, I started off my uh, career at Hampton, well, Hampton University, and I was going to be a nurse. So I went to nursing school there. After graduation, I worked as a nurse in the Maryland, um, D.C. area for um, a little while. I went back and I got my master's um, in human services and administration. So I think that's when I started to take my lens from um, maybe more uh, patient-centered thought processes to more macro like issues and you know how things are affecting larger populations. Um, but I always had a passion for fathers and um, active parenting and having dads have access to their kids and be involved. Um, and so when I moved back to North Carolina, um, as I'm originally from this area, um, I started working with a with an organization that worked with responsible fatherhood and I was working there I loved it um, and I was like man this organization will be so much better or just have you know so much more potential if there was a lawyer here that you know was available to help these dads um, and so on a whim I was like okay well let me let me try it um, and so I took the LSAT um, applied to Central um, and I was like, if, if I get in, then this is where I'm supposed to go. If not, then I'll just keep trekking. Um, but so I think my, my path here was a little non-traditional, but very grateful to have, have experienced this at this institution and um, very honored to be a graduate of this institution. So Great, thank you. Gary, what about you? 
Uh, yes, to follow up. So many might not know, but uh, me and Sierra attended Hampton University at the same time. So she was kind of like a big sis of mine. Uh, she was a year or two ahead of me. Uh, so while at Hampton University, um, similar to Miss um, McKayhern, I'm not a traditional law student. Uh, I was a sport management major while at Hampton University. Uh, however, I did have dreams to one day become an attorney, but not to be in a courtroom, to be a hotshot sports agent. Um, one of my favorite movies was Jerry Maguire. So I always thought I was going to be that guy. <laughs> and uh, quickly, um, first day of college, uh, when everyone asked in our sport management program what they wanted to be, and everybody raised their hand and said the sports agent, I quickly decided, you know, maybe that's not what I want to do. And at that point, law school went completely out of my head. So um, after I graduated from Hampton University, I had an opportunity to work for the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, where I worked in the front office. And I did new business sales for a few years. And, I, you know, I was doing extremely well in that capacity. But uh, there was something kind of missing. And uh, that's when some of that feeling that law school was something that I wanted to pursue again to possibly not be a sports agent, but be general counsel of a professional sports team. So uh, with that attitude, I decided to leave my sports career path and uh, attempt to go to the law school. And uh, at that standpoint, I ended up doing the um, MPA program at North Carolina Central first. And um, then was fortunate enough and blessed enough to get into the law school and then the rest is history. Well, that's, uh, those are interesting uh, career paths, uh, both beginning at, at, at Hampton uh, and uh, a solid uh, HBCU uh, experience. And uh, so I'm, 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 I'm happy that we can uh, recognize you as a double uh, HBCU uh, grads and that you're going to go out and uh, do uh, great things in this uh, in this uh, in, in this profession. Um, let me let me just raise with with with, with both of you. Uh, I mean, you talked about what you know some of your goals were, at least as you were thinking uh, through it. But why did you see uh, being a lawyer as uh, a big deal? Uh, in terms of your uh, professional path, your uh, professional direction, and what uh, being a lawyer would do for you that uh, some other uh, professional route would not do. So let's go back with uh, with uh, Ms. McCarran. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think for me, um, working with that uh, fatherhood organization, a lot of dads um, were just very frustrated in you know, they're paying this child support, but they're not seeing their kids or they want to see their kids more. And they, you know, called somebody and they went down to the courthouse. They didn't feel like they got enough information. Um, and so I found myself like calling, you know, the courthouse or, you know, calling different people to try to like get them the information that would be helpful so that they could understand or find information that I could understand and then relay back to them. Um, and so it just, it just felt, it just felt right. You know, a lot of times, a lot of our barriers are just built in 
not having um, access to the information or not understanding the information that we have access to. And so I think that having a nursing background, a lot of that was translation and being able to translate healthcare information to someone who doesn't have a background in health. How do you make them understand or help them understand what's going on in their body or what to expect? And I think um, law is similar in that way because it's very complex. You know, it's written sometimes, you know, in these crazy ways. Um, and so being able to help people who just want rights or just want access or just want to understand why this happened to them the way that they did, um, the way that it did, I think um, it's the same type of skill, but I felt like I needed um, a different educational background to be able to do that in a way that mattered. Um, and so now having um, obtained some of the skills that I have, I think that regardless of you know, where I ultimately land, um, I think that those are skills that can continue to be used in any space. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bush. Uh, a little bit different than Ms. McCahern. Uh, I chose a law degree because I knew I would never be able to um, put lives in my hand in regards to being an actual doctor in a hospital. So I said, well, you know, what is a respectable degree that can give me the most uh, flexibility in regards to the careers? And uh, a JD was it in my eyes. Um, coming from where I'm from, uh, I don't know any um, minorities that I grew up with in my community that are an attorney. Um, there's um, most of the attorneys that I knew uh, later on in my life, actually, you know, they were in the upward ages of 40, et cetera. I didn't really know anyone in my community like myself or close to my age range that had ever pursued it, um, especially within my family. Uh, no one in my family is an attorney. So I felt like it would be a unique journey for myself uh, to not only personally provide me with career flexibility, where, you know, with my background, if I decide to enter back into sports, you know, I could do that and be a general counsel. If I wanted to one day be an athletic director, I would qualify for it. You know, I didn't want, I wanted something that would allow me to open any door that I chose. And I thought that's what a JD could do. However, I would say uh, once I entered law school, personally, I became more self-aware of what's going on in society. I came uh, more aware with the political process um, how impactful things such as voting and uh, how that actually impacts my community. So I would say that uh, throughout my tenure at law school, my mind kind of shifted from this just being a personal thing to open up doors to piggyback on what Ms. McCahern stated about access and just seeing how complex the law is and how many individuals um, in my own household that doesn't have the awareness or even know how to... Uh, understand the law or understand their basic rights. And uh, so now, you know, I, I understand that a law degree is something that I can take my knowledge and help, you know, my personal village and hopefully create that access and better understanding to alleviate some of the things that goes on in, in our society. So Mr. Bush, there was something that, that you said that I wanna uh, have you um, uh, expand upon a little bit and Ms. McCahern, have you share your thoughts as well. So you mentioned that you did not have uh, people within your circle who were lawyers, people within your family, and both of you 
are non-traditional students in the sense that you didn't go directly from undergrad to law school. So both of you, you know, worked and had careers before making that decision. And I remember when I went to law school, I had taken some time off and worked as well. I was shocked, quite frankly, at how different the the law school education uh, environment was in terms of the the types of materials that you're um, learning about, the the cases that you have to read. It was just a completely different experience than my college experience. And can the two of you talk about the adjustment that you had to make in returning to academic life and how the difference in law school, the nature of law school, how that played into your need for adjustment? And Mr. Bush, let's start with you. Uh, yes, uh, um, absolutely. So I'm going to be just quite honest. Uh, law school was probably the most difficult educational journey that I've ever had. Um, school was always something that was easy for me. Uh, you know, high school, even college. Um, I'm going to just be honest with you. I probably, as a sport management major, I didn't do a lot of studying. Things just came easy for me. Uh, so I, I took that same mindset and, and entered law school. And um, I think the best correlation is for, for individuals who play sports or instrument. And, you know, you're the hot shot where you're from. But then when you, you know, you go to these other schools or you go to college to play the sport, you learn that, you know, you're not that hot. And that's what, you know, law school demonstrated that you have to put in the hard work. Um, you know, me being intelligent is just one part of the battle. Uh, you know, I've met people who have uh, kind of photographic memory where you can sit a piece of paper in front of them and in five minutes they can regurgitate everything. And that just wasn't me. Uh, so it was the first time where I had to learn and identify my weaknesses in regards to study habits, uh, my weaknesses in regards to writing and grammar and uh, just sought it out just like I would do in the sport. You know, if I want to have that starting position, I have to get better. I have to work on my weaknesses. And that's what law school did for me. Uh, I was humble enough to go ask for help. Um, and, you know, I owe, I get North Carolina Central a lot of credit for providing those sort of resources and having professors um, that would invest in a student outside of the actual coursework to help with those flaws. So, I think that's what law school did for me in that adjustment. Uh, I had to spend a lot more time breaking down the information um, as I would say, dumb it down to Gary's language and uh, in order to learn the material well enough and then learn the proper jargon, the legal terms and, and, and put it um, like that for myself where I know other individuals, their learning style was completely different. I had to be comfortable uh, walking at my own pace and uh, learning the material, how I learned it. I'm not a note card guy. You know, I, I can't write a lot of charts and things. Uh, I'm a mnemonic person. You know, I like to tell stories in order to learn the material. And Sierra's laughing because she's in my study group. Um, but uh, so I think it was completely different. Again, it, I've never struggled this much in the academia around until I came to law school. So I would say for anyone who is interested in law school, um, being smart is just one small slither of the pie. Uh, you, you have to put in hard work. Everybody's smart. You know, everybody has been 
the elites of where they're from educational wise and never failed. So it's the first time that I entered rooms where I wasn't the smartest person that looked like myself. <laughs> yeah, I think Mr. Butcher said so much that I would love to comment on. Um, but I think overall, um, I think having, um, went to having gone to nursing school, I think was definitely a challenge. Um, but I think that law school definitely takes the case. I mean, just in terms of um, even like the reading in and of itself, you know, you have all these pages to read, but it's not just reading it. It's like reading it and dissecting what you actually need from this 20 page case and what is just the background or, you know, isn't relevant or, um, and so I think that, that, you know, it definitely was difficult. I remember getting papers back that I had, you know, I, I typically would do maybe a draft of something and then maybe reread it one more time and then send it in. And I remember like one of our first legal writing papers, I had like read it and read it and edited it and edited it and it came back and it was just still so much red on it. And I was just like, what? What, what what did I do? So, I mean, I think, you know, getting yourself in a place where you're okay with um, with growing and understanding that the growth process can be painful. And um, like Mr. Bush said, not understanding that being smart is just, is just, you know, the beginning, but also really leaning into your resources. And I think he spoke about professors, um, obviously, you know, having that, but also for me, a study group was, was so important. Um, and, you know, there are many times that Mr. Bush or um, my other two study partners, Crystal and Kalia, could say like, no, you know, Sierra, you're still not understanding this. And so where it will be like, okay, I'm fine. Like, I'll just figure it out later. They're like, no, like, what part don't you understand? And so I think that having that village as well um, is really important, especially when it's all new. But, um, and the last thing I think that is important is having, law school allows people to have, to come from different backgrounds. So having somebody in my study group that was a teacher, you know, like there were different things that Crystal could bring to our study group that like from, from just her background, her previous background that helped me say, okay, well, maybe I need to write it on this board three times before, you know? And so I think that all those things play, you know, into a role that isn't necessarily the case in your undergrad career where everybody's coming from high school and just all trying to be the same thing and law school so many people came from different backgrounds and now we're trying to be the same thing so i think that that's a very valuable piece of this experience as well this is the uh, legal legal review and uh we are talking uh, this evening with uh two of our recent grads uh, two new lawyers who are entering the uh the community and uh now they are doing the uh, bleeding uh, session to tell us about uh, just how monumental this experience has been in their life. Uh, I hope that you are learning a lot uh, from uh, these uh, comments that uh, they make and that you will stay with us as we take a break and we will be right back to continue that discussion. Since 2010, the North Carolina Central University School of Law has been at the forefront of virtual legal education with the launch of its Virtual Justice Project. The Virtual Justice Project is an innovation in legal education and technology. 
NCCU School of Law pioneered this approach to address the underrepresentation of African-American lawyers and a lack of access to justice for low-income and marginalized communities. Virtual pre-law courses prepare students, wherever they are, for the rigor of law school. The Know Your Rights series offers legal information sessions that empower participants to understand the law and to promote self-advocacy. Both the pre-law courses and the legal information sessions are made possible through telepresence and high-definition video conferencing. Course listings and contact information, along with more detail about the Virtual Justice Project, are on the NCCU Law website at law.nccu.edu. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Legal Review, and thank you so very much for uh, staying uh, with us, uh, Sierra McCahern and uh, Gary Bush. Our guests uh, this evening, both uh, recent graduates from the North Carolina Central University School of Law, uh, that great school of law that uh, has now provided each of them with a ticket into the uh, into the profession, and uh, they are now uh, talking to us about that journey. And uh, we, we are hoping that uh, those of you who are listening will uh, will learn something uh, from uh, their uh, experience experiences and may be inspired uh, to want to also uh, engage in this uh, journey to become uh, an attorney. Uh, Mr. Bush uh, made the point uh, that uh, you can be the cornbread in Georgia, but you're only a crumb up here. Uh, as he uh, talked about the uh, uh, large number of, of smart people uh, around him uh, that uh, made this uh, law school experience uh, a challenge and a realization uh, that uh, this uh, takes uh, work. Uh, but let me just try to start us out. Uh, talk about uh, some of the, uh, the bright spots. What were the joys? of uh, this experience. And then we're gonna go from there to some of the uh, down points on it. But, you know, what were some of the joys? I mean, what you had three years, what was it that really lifted you up and uh, that you will uh, remember in uh, the uh, the coming years about this law school experience? Um, when we start with Mr. Bush. Uh, so I'll give, I'll give my, my top three. Uh, so the first one is just relationships. Uh, you get to meet individuals from all walks of life and build relationships with individuals that if you've probably seen them on the street, you may not communicate with or your personalities didn't blend. But when you're in law school, everybody finds a common interest and you're 1L year, um, that's surviving. But then as you matriculate through is to see each other grow and to become great attorneys and to represent the school that you're in uh, well in the workforce. So, you know, the relationships that I even built, unlike, I would say, undergrad, even with the professors, uh, they're your professors, but they are also soon to be colleagues. So I thought that that was a, a unique thing about law school, about, you know, some of the bonds that you even build with professors while you're there that can help you into your journey. Uh, I would say the second thing is 
experiencing um, job opportunities that I don't think I would have ever pursued if it wasn't for the unique nature of the legal field. Uh, I, I can remember a professor telling me to cast my net as wide as possible. It might have been uh, Professor Dawson. And um, I was, I was kind of headstrong in what I wanted to do when I first came in, but I cast my net wide. And uh, my first internship was with the United States Department of Transportation. Never would have saw myself at a place like that with the federal government. And it just opened my eyes up to an entire different practice area of law. And it was something that I, I kind of liked. Then from there, my second opportunity uh, the following summer was with the United States Navy of Officer General Counsel. Again, never would have saw myself there. And uh, I've been blessed enough to have a job opportunity actually with the United States Officer General Counsel, where I'll be working at the Pentagon. Again, never would have seen myself there. So um, I think that's another bright spot about law school. A lot of people you meet, uh, they end up doing something different than they expected when they first came in. And uh, I think lastly, uh, just to kind of say that I earned my stripes, um, I was able to make it through something that a lot of people don't think is possible, uh, especially in some of the communities and things that I come from. Like I said, I'm the only person in my family. And, you know, it's amazing that, you know, people don't even know the difference between, you know, a JD and an Esquire and just that process. So it's kind of cool now to be that person that can explain that because I've, I've actually went through it. So those were the personal bright spots for myself. I would say um, that Mr. Bush talked about professors and I think um, one, just being consistently inspired, um, especially at HBCU, like seeing attorneys that look like me, you know, not only having had their past experience, whatever that is or current, you know, a lot of your professors are still practicing. Um, but seeing them every day and then seeing them be invested in me um, as a student, um, like Mr. Bissett, as a future colleague, um, I never went to office hours in undergrad or, you know, but I feel like, you know, I, I was in office hours um, in law school because I had no choice. I, I was like, I do not understand. <laughs> like, please help. Um, and so I think that that helps really develop relationships um, and, and, you know, that even helps you find the internships, you know, having professors send you things like, you know, hey, this, this might be something that you're interested in, like Professor Joyner sent me so many things that I'm so grateful for, um, but just having that, and I think that has a lot to do with me being in his office, like, I don't understand, <laughs> um, but also the watching yourself get better, so I think in undergrad, maybe you got like an 80 instead of 100, but in law school, when you get like a two <laughs> instead of, you know, a 10 or something like that, I think that you feel that a little differently. And so you're more in tune with watching yourself get better. Um, and it's more exciting to, to see that and to watch yourself grow. And so I think that was a bright spot for me because it's like, you know, my, I'm not limited. Like I can continue to get better. And, and this is a testament of that. And so that was a bright spot for me. Um, and then also, certifications and just the course offering um, that we have at our school. So, you know, there are a lot of courses, especially like in your 1L year that you're just forced to take. You, you have no 
dealings with your schedule at all, but like coming into that summer after one year and then as you continue on being able to say like, hey, I'm interested in this thing. Like we have this class about, um, you know, corporate justice or, or we have, you know, this public health class, like let me take those things. Um, and so I think that's a good balance because you're also going to be taking things that you aren't interested in. And so having the opportunity to balance that out with something that you do care about, I think, um, or not care about, but something that you're just more interested in um, is valuable. And um, like Mr. Bush said as well, obviously the relationships like him and I obviously go way back, but you know, to see him on that first day walking in like, whoa, what are you doing here? Whoa, what are you doing here? Um, you know, and then being able to continue that relationship and grow together as law students, um, but obviously meeting a ton of other people who have been very, very key to this journey and success in this journey um, is, is a huge bright spot. And of course, as part of life, there are high points and there are always low points as well. It's just the nature of things. And no doubt you all have um, had to deal with some challenges or some disappointments in law school. We know that you all were able to overcome them because, of course, uh, you graduated successfully. But it's always been beneficial for me to, particularly when I'm uh, learning about someone that I uh, am inspired by, motivated by, to hear them share challenges and how they overcame those challenges. And the two of you are inspirations to so many, right? So if you could share some of the challenges and disappointments that you may have experienced during your law school journey and what you did uh, and the support that you may have received to help you overcome them. And uh, Ms. McCarran, you talked about, you know, watching yourself get better. Can you talk about the growth that you experienced in having to overcome those challenges? And Ms. McCarran, let's start with you. Absolutely. Um, so I cannot tell you like how many tears I've cried, like literally, I know people say that all the time, but just literally, um, just not recognizing how overwhelmed I was um, or recognizing how how different it felt to not um, to not be the best or you know um, or to have seen myself put in so much time and still like get back something that says like it looks like you didn't study at all or something you know like I think so those things are hard um, but I think talking to people and um, talking to your your fellow you know colleagues in your class, but also talking to people who have graduated before. Like, I think I've, I really made an effort to connect with people who have been on this journey in some type of capacity and talk to them about what their experience was like. And so I think that um, sometimes it's just recognizing you're not alone or recognizing that, you know, you can get better. And I think that sometimes you just need those words of encouragement. So I think that's one thing. Um, but also like recognizing for me that sometimes like I ran away from, you know, that subject that was, um, you know, difficult for me when, you know, I, I put that to the back of my study schedule when it should have been at the front, um, because I was at least excited about it, or I understood it at least. Um, and so looking at it now, understanding the difference in like a growth mindset, and fixed mindset, like I was like, that's what I was doing. I was putting that behind me. Um, and so I think that, you know, recognizing that is, is, a huge part of overcoming that, but then, you know, deciding what you're going to do about it. And I think um, 
just sitting down with that material or, you know, making um, an effort to, you know, stay an extra hour or read a little bit more um, or take more practice questions. Like, I think those things are, are a big deal. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that also was kind of a disappointment for me specifically was just managing my time sometimes. Um, I really had to learn to try to schedule, make a schedule and like try to follow it a lot more than I ever had um, in my life. And so um, really trying to lean into that, but I, and that's something that I'm still working on and still trying to grow. And so I think that that's another thing that I think disappointments allow you to do is kind of see, you know, that growth is a process and, you know, you're not going to get it all overnight. And I think that's, you know, a, a huge part of law school. Uh, so I, I'm going to give a, like, in school and then more of a professional view of a disappointment uh, while being in school. So personally, writing was a huge struggle for me. Um, I think that uh, a professor told me that I don't code switch, I code mesh. Uh, so a lot of my, a lot of my writing um I just couldn't pick up on certain grammar things. And, you know, that's partially for me. Uh, and then also maybe some of the school systems that I, I came through and what was required of me. Again, like I said, school is always easy. So I thought I was good at everything when it came to school. And when I came to law school, uh, I think I received my first like D minus on the paper. And it was just red marks like all over the place. And I was upset. I uh, went right to the professor and was pretty much like the professor was wrong. And, uh, you know, I, and then at that point when it was demonstrated to me and showed me what my flaws were, I had to kind of take a step back and say, okay, Gary, you know, you aren't as good as you thought you were. You're actually pretty bad. And uh, this same professor told me that, that I wrote like a, like I, my writing level was of an eighth grader. And, you know, that was kind of a reality check for myself. You know, I could put thoughts together, but when it came to grammar, it was it was pretty rough. So I, I think that was the biggest struggle, but even the, the most helpful, though, uh, because as I learned quickly, in order to survive in the legal world, to be a great attorney, before you ever be able to speak in a courtroom, uh, the first impression is what's on the piece of paper. And uh, if you can't articulate your words and writing, you, know, you won't be successful. So once that was told to me and I identified my flaws, uh, that was a huge growing process from the first time I wrote a paper in the law school to the point where I graduated and, you know, law review. And now I'm a stickler for things um, with grammar. So I, I think that was a huge um, experience. I think another thing is sometimes when you take an exam in law school and you feel like you nailed everything and then you get it back and you're like, wow, I, I got a C on the exam. But I felt as if I studied and I knew all the material. Um, those were disappointments. But again, it was growing because it wasn't maybe that I didn't necessarily know the material. I might have knew the material, but I read too fast and I forgot a main issue or I didn't understand the question stem and these are things or terminologies that 
uh, law students use to prep for bar exams. And so question stems and, and those natures and understanding that and just more so having a process on how you answer questions is it's a system. Uh, it's not something you just jump in and try to strong arm. So that was a growing process for myself uh, through law school. I was used to strong arm and everything rather than um, utilizing the system. And so, so I've gotten a lot better with that and hopefully it you know, helps me with this upcoming bar exam. I think a disappointment outside of school, I thought after my first, my first year uh, with my GPA and my class rank, I was excited. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this big law firm opportunity. I had all of these interviews set up and I think I had like 10 interviews. Um, and, and that's not an exaggeration. And there were, I think, like eight with law firms, the one with the Department of Transportation. And I immediately threw the Department of Transportation at the bottom of my list. Like that is the that was the one opportunity that I was like, if I get it, I don't want it. So I did all of these interviews. I think that I'm a great interviewee. And going through that process, I ended up walking out of each interview like I got it and I just got a whole lot of rejection letters after rejection letters some of them were letters and emails with the follow-up phone call saying I didn't make it and I held on to uh, those letters and those emails as motivation that I had to do more work you know even though I thought I did well it wasn't well enough but the Department of Transportation opportunity really uh, took me to a next level because I was competing against law students from all tiers of schools and uh, I was able to hold my own. So again, that's that growing process that even though that's what law school teach you, even though you think you might land one place, you might land another, but that opportunity is what was meant for me and it, and it helped me grow as a student and as well as a professional. All right, you're listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we've been talking with two of our most recent law school graduates, Sierra McCahern and Gary Bush II. We've been talking with them about their law school educational journey. We're gonna have to take a quick break, but we hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. Good evening. My name is Reginald Woods II, and I am a current 2L at the North Carolina Central University School of Law. And I would like to personally thank you for supporting and listening to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking show that is made possible by the Virtual Justice Project of the North Carolina Central University School of Law, as well as listeners like yourself. For more information regarding the show, or past episodes, or the latest happenings surrounding our host, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Legal Eagle Review. Again, my name is Reginald Wist II, and thank you for listening. Well, 
Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Legal Review. Thank you so very much for uh, staying with us as we uh, talk with uh, two of our most recent uh, graduates from the North Carolina Central University uh, School of Law. Gary Bush uh, the second uh, is uh, one of the uh, new lawyers entering our uh, profession and uh, Sierra McCahern uh, is, uh, is the other. Both come from uh, non-traditional backgrounds. Uh, for us, non-traditional means that they are a little older. They, uh, after uh, graduating from undergraduate school, they uh, started a profession, started a job or a career. And uh, along the way, figured that uh, they could do better by becoming uh, lawyers. So they uh, made the switch. Uh, so in that sense, they are non-traditional, but actually they are very traditional uh, because it is out of the uh, experiences that you have that uh, you're led uh, to an understanding of a, uh, a better way that you can provide services to your uh, community and uh, put yourself into the role of becoming uh, a better uh, a person and then allowing that personhood or that personship uh, that you develop to uh, add to the growth and development of, uh, of others. Uh, having said that, then, you know, for the last three years, you have uh, endured a lot of uh, changes within our society. Uh, you have uh, uh, a long history of police killings that have occurred uh, during this uh, three year period. Uh, you have the uh, coronavirus and the need to uh, go into non-traditional learning styles uh, here at the uh, law school and non-traditional living styles uh, wherever uh, you uh, were. And then uh, you witness uh, politi political upheavals uh, within our governmental uh, system uh, that uh, you've had to uh, live through. Can you, can you talk about how those experiences and others has have impacted your thought processes and how it is that you view the world now and your uh, role in uh, making this world, as the songs say, a better place uh, than it was uh, before. So Ms. McHearn, why don't we start with you? Yes, so I think that it's definitely um, heightened my senses, I would say, um, to a lot of things that are going on socially and politically. Um, I think that, you know, when you come from one particular background, like maybe you're, you're, you're kind of have tunnel vision into that space. But I, I think about, um, you know, obviously with COVID and so um, how people in jails and prisons are being treated and affected by this pandemic. Um, and so obviously out, outside of those spaces, we're all being affected, but what does that look like specifically for people who have less control over how they can move and what adjustments they can make? Um, and so I think that those things definitely come to mind, um, but then also I found myself like during the Derek Chauvin trial being stuck to the TV, you know, from a obviously just wanting to know what was happening, but also from a what does this evidence mean or you know was this the was this the best strategy or would I have objected or you know so just thinking about um all of those things um and and talking to people and asking people about those things um I think you definitely get um 
just a heightened sense about um, laws and the impact of laws um, in our world today, specifically um, as it relates to African-Americans or just different other uh, marginalized communities. Um, and so I think that it's our, it's our job to use whatever space and platform we have to make a change. Um, and so that will look different in, in a ton of different spaces wherever we land. But I think um, that we always have the opportunity to use our voices. We always have the opportunity to, um, you know, to, to even just ask people to think about a different perspective or ask people to consider a different population or ask people to consider, um, you know, a different impact or, or empathize. And um, so I think that I was probably always that person, but I think looking at it through a legal lens um, has changed some of the conversations that I want to have and be a part of and um, start. And so um, I think that I hope that I can be an impact in that way. Mr. Bush. Uh, so personally, uh, like you said, you named a list of things that went on throughout my three years of law school. And uh, the first thing that many of my peers and even myself said at one point is like, you know, this isn't fair. Uh, but I understand that, you know, life isn't fair. And, and the reality is you have to kind of roll with the punches and, uh, you know, try to make the best of it. So what this did for me, especially being an African-American male um, in the legal field and, and understanding with the police killings and the impact that that has on individuals that look like myself and family members was again, it, um, I took it as more of a, a challenge to myself to try to do more, to try to educate uh, the people in my village more, uh, to try to be uh, more self-aware of the type of things and messages that I give others uh, because now my understanding of things is a lot different than it was three years ago. Um, my understanding on uh, what a police officer can and cannot do is a lot different than three years ago. And, uh, you know, just understanding the reality of a lot of uh, decisions that people make on a daily basis and the impact that it can have. Uh, I took it upon myself to be a lot more vocal, um, like Ms. McCann stated, you know, to, to utilize the spaces that I was in to try to uh, change people's perspectives on, on different things, you know, when it comes to voting. Uh, I myself, you know, probably besides Barack Obama, I really wasn't into politics or, you know, understanding about local voting and the impact that it has. But as I matriculated through law school, understanding about the prosecution office and the attorney general of your state and the mayor and even city council and you know how much impact you leave or how much impact you have by voting in your local politics and the changes that can be made incremental changes before you can make those large massive changes uh, i know personally uh, there was a lot of conversation about the differences between Barack Obama and Donald Trump and those sort of things. But from being in the law school space and having my understanding of uh, public administration, uh, the, the true impact is your local politics. So, and, and, you know, starting out small and just trying to get people to get out there to, to create that sort of awareness and change. Um, that was a, that was a big thing for me also to, 
we'll talk about COVID and things going online. I was someone who, I guess, kind of old school. I, I really didn't like tech like that. I, you know, I know how to use a laptop. I, I understand the internet and things, but I really wasn't a tech savvy person. And when everything went remote, you have to adapt. You have to learn. But then I looked at the larger picture about the job markets and what I should be telling uh, individuals who are a lot younger than me, little cousins and their and individuals my age on the importance of understanding the tech world and where the job market is going to look like in a few years. So I think that this entire process has just given me a wealth of knowledge and force myself to be more vocal about it, you know, not to hold these nuggets in and, and tell people about, you know, the new age <laughs> um, based from the lenses, based from my lens of being in the legal field. Uh, so I think that's the, the biggest thing. So, Mr. Bush, you mentioned your village and I know I could not have made it through law school without the support of my family, my friends, and you all have talked a little bit about those that, that lend their support to you all. But can you share a little bit more about the support you received from uh, your family, uh, friends, mentors that allowed you to accomplish your goal? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, my family, like I said before, you know, no lawyers. So this is kind of uncharted water for everybody. Uh, so the biggest thing that I was able to relate to them that really helped me is just if you know, I'm calling to vent, you know, just kind of listen. If I'm talking about law stuff and I'm asking, I'm asking you to listen to me and I'm telling you a rule of law. And then I'm asking your opinion on how I articulated it. Just kind of roll with the punches. So I made my family very active in my law school journey. So they knew when the phone rung. Um, a lot of times I'd be like, listen, I need you to listen to me for about five minutes. And then, you know, I might be breaking down the First Amendment, right, uh, to them and, and seeing what their opinion was. So um, my village was very essential. Uh, whenever there was times when I had to make key decisions in regards to internships, you know, beyond my legal community, I would go to family members and close friends and just ask them their general opinion. And then, you know, take their honest assessment because those are the people that I felt would be brutally honest with me. And, you know, they would tell me, I would tell them when I had an exam coming up and they'd be like, so why you, why I see you were, you know, at the, out at the bar last night, you said you got a test and two weeks. Aren't you, aren't you supposed to be studying? Um, so, you know, they were pivotal in, in all phases of the game from assisting me studying to just stand on me in general because they understood that it was a big thing for me. And uh, it was also a big thing for them. You know, uh, I hear my mom all the time calling her friends talking about, yeah, girl, you know, my baby just graduated from law school. So um, I think that it was a it was a complete buy in by everybody. Uh, they kind of believed in the mission. and uh, But I, I think that it was also a challenge to, uh, to let them know that a lot of times I wouldn't be around for things. Um, I have a very tight family. It's a big family. So we have family reunions and great aunties having 75th birthdays and 
all sorts of stuff. And there was a lot of times where I used to have to say, like, you know, I just can't make it. Or Thanksgiving, for example, I didn't go home, um, you know, for three years for Thanksgiving, uh, just because, you know, those were finals times. So those were huge adjustments for my family. Um, but they knew the bigger purpose. And I think that anyone who goes to law school that has a great relationship with their family or even a significant other, um, that can be a challenge. But, you know, once you get people to buy in, you know, it was good to go. So my village, my community, my friends, um, people back home, you know, everyone that knew what I was, that I was in law school, they, they kind of stayed on me. So very pivotal. Important. Um, I would say, I think it started in Summer Start. So um, I did this, well, we both did the Summer Start program, which I would really recommend to anybody considering NCCU uh, School of Law. Um, but at that time, um, I was living at home with my mom and I put a sign on my door that said like genius at work. And that was like a reminder to myself, um, affirmation, but also just, I think it set the tone for them to understand like, this is really like, I'm gonna have to say no to a lot. I'm gonna have this door closed, like, and I just need this time. Um, and so I think that that was helpful um, to just kind of help my family understand and also remind me that I needed to say no to things because like Mr. Bush did, my, um, my family is everything to me. So, and showing up is a big deal for me. So being able to show up for them um, or have them show up for me for things is really important. And so I think that over this three years, I've definitely missed some of those things. And I think that they've been very understanding of that. And I think that's a, a level of support that's necessary for, um, you know, doing well in law school. I will also say um, just obviously my, you know, encouraging words from family and friends all the time, just like, hey, girl, like, keep going, you know, you got this. Um, do you need anything? Um, it, you know, those are big questions. Um, and I think like Mr. Bush said, uh, I also engage to people around me with my learning. Um, so uh, my boyfriend, I used to ask him these rapid fire or have give him a list of rapid fire questions and he used to ask them to me. And so like, he would be like, oh no, it don't sound like you know that. You need to go back and figure out the, the exceptions to the mailbox rule. Um, so things like that were, were very helpful for me, but also um, having that partnership in the sense of me coming home very disappointed for a grade or something. And, you know, someone, him asking, you know, did you, well, what did you get last time? And for me to see, oh, okay, yeah, I still didn't do as great as I wanted to, but I did do better than last time. And so going back to that growth piece, um, I think it's helpful to, to talk about it and have people that you can talk to about it. Um, obviously, with, within my study group, people that understand it, um, because they're also touching it, but people on the outside who, you know, are just like, well, uh, a five is higher than a two, you know, so, um, you know, having that as well. So I think that, you know, obviously, my parents and, you know, my sisters, and just everybody has been ridiculously important, uh, you know, supportive. And I think that's, that's really important to this journey. Well, where do you go from here? Uh, the bar exam is around the corner, uh, and we're going to try to look past that for a moment. Uh, what uh, What's lined up uh, in your uh, professional development uh, moving forward? Um, I commissioned into the Navy uh, August, last August, so August of 2020. Um, so I'm going to the Navy after the bar. 
Um, so I'll be doing doing that for the next few years. <laughs> and, uh, so Miss um, McKayhern, she's like she like you said, she's commissioned. So she's going to be a JAG attorney. Um, and me myself, I'm on the civilian side of the Navy Officer General Council. So I'm not commissioned. Um, I'm a good old civilian. I don't have to leave the U.S. soil or anything like that. Uh, but I'll be doing acquisition work. Uh, so with the major weapon system, so pretty much the Navy buying all their big, nice guns and things. Uh, I'll be handling those sorts of contracts. <laughs> well, all right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, we can't thank you two enough for taking time out of your out of your relaxation because you're in a moment here where you just graduated you haven't yet started bar prep and you know you're able to kind of decompress and get ready for um, the challenge of the bar we know you all will do will do well you will take the uh, lessons that you learned and and the diligence and hard work that you applied in law school we know you will apply it to studying for the bar you have that support system in place and we want to just congratulate you and express our sincere pride in what you two have accomplished and what you will accomplish, no doubt, as proud members of the bar. So let's thank our guests, Sierra McCahern and Gary Bush II, proud graduates of the NCCU School of Law. We'd also like to thank you, our listening audience, as always, for taking time out of your Sunday evening and sharing it with us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleagle.review at nccu.edu. And if you ever miss this show on Sunday, you can find this show on our Legal Eagle Review podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.